On this beautiful Sabbath day, we're thankful, Lord, that thou hast given us a beautiful sanctuary to come and worship you. We thank you, Lord, for thy word that thou hast preserved throughout the ages, that we can read it, that we can study it, that we can meditate upon it, and we can live it out. We're thankful for thy Holy Spirit that's present with us also, the one that would be our preacher, our teacher this morning, the one that will inspire every word, individualize the message for the many needs of those that have gathered today. Thy servant does not know these needs, but you know them, and we're thankful. We pray, Lord, for those that could not make it today for reasons known to you, those that are sick or in hospitals, mindful of Brother Roger, we pray, Lord, that you'd care for them. We also pray for those that are on live stream, that you'd provide them a blessing, too. We pray, Lord, for wherever thy word might go forth, that it would go forth in truth, in power, and would change the lives of men and women that would trust it. So with this great expectation, Lord, we sit at thy feet for learning. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I found this morning's Bible class very interesting. Uh, It's amazing how the Spirit works. And it helps solidify a few things in my mind. It kind of substantiated the things that the Lord had told me this morning that we should be reading about in the Scriptures. It help provide some counseling tips, maybe for uh, a person who I've been talking to at our home church, who's asked me a lot of questions about why have certain things happened to me in my life? And it seems like when he looks at his whole life, there he doesn't have good answers for why things have happened. And he thinks they could have happened differently or better. And so he would, he would love to find out from me why these things have happened. I can't, I can't explain those things. I can't unravel his life and tell him why things have happened. I did leave him with this one bit of advice. I said, it's probably not the best to ask God, why are these things happening, but for what purpose, Lord, are these things happening? And I think the scripture, not I think, I know the scripture gives us answers for what purpose these things happen to God's people. And maybe even not to people that know him initially, but God's working through them. We read quite a few examples of healings this morning in Bible class. And the one that came to mind early this morning was in John, the ninth chapter, where it was a whole chapter about 
a man that was born blind from birth. And the disciples asked, why was this man born blind? And the answer given by Christ was, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the, wor the works of God should be made manifest in him. That the works of God might be manifest in him. A whole chapter in the Bible dedicated to what happened here. This man lived blind for many years, and then he received his sight. And it was God working in his life that allowed that to happen. But the Apostle Paul gives us also some reasons for that. And so let's, talk, uh, let's turn to Philippians, the first chapter, and read some of those verses that deal with it. <clears throat> Philippians, the first chapter, the first verse. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your faithfulness in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may, may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the, full, with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places, and many of the brethren of the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, which are more bold to speak the words without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even by envy and strife, and others also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, contention, not sincerely supposing and adding affliction to my bonds, but the others of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel." And he continues on in the chapter. But he gives us two reasons of why things and for what purpose they have happened in his life. And the two reasons he gives is that the things have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So the reason why things have happened to the Apostle Paul was for the furtherance of the gospel. Think about those things in your own life that have happened to you. Can you categorize them? Can you categorize them as for the furtherance of the gospel? 
I pray that that would be also the case in your life and in mine. And then he has given us in verse 14 another reason. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Because of how Paul acted and reacted by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, others became bold and confident in the Lord and were willing to share their faith. So those things happened to him as he outlines here for the furtherance of the gospel and for the benefit of others. There's probably other reasons I think that the scripture talks about, I know that the scriptures talk about, that things happen to you and to me, and we don't need to really question them, but I would say they're they happen because God is still molding us and making us into more useful vessels. It says, be ye holy as I am holy. That's not something that when we step out of the baptismal waters, we are holy. We are striving to be perfect. We won't be perfect till we see him face to face in glory. It's that sanctification process. And some, so things happen to us for that reason, that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can become more and more like him. And there's probably another reason. There's probably at least four reasons. And I was contemplating that this early this morning, and again, as I was listening in Bible class. But if you think about some of the different accounts that have happened, like was mentioned about Job. Why did that happen? For what purpose should a man of integrity, a man of God, be so, I was going to use the word abused, but he wasn't. He was spent for God. Why did that happen? See, the beginning part of Job is a backstage of what actually happens in the spiritual world. We don't see it. Sometimes we recognize it or barely recognize it, but we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against the, the power of this air, the prince of this world. Those things that are in spiritual darkness is always fighting against the Holy Spirit that lives in our life. And so we see in that account of Job that, yes, God had blessed him bountifully, bountifully, very rich. And the Bible says he was a man of integrity. He was, you could look at him from front to back, right to left, upside down. He was true and consistent in everything. And he even made sacrifices for his sons just in case they had done something wrong. That maybe by chance they would have done something. That's how he loved his Lord. And yet, we see in that account that the devil came himself and told God that this is 
because you've done so much for him. You've blessed him and put a hedge around him and done everything that you could have ever possibly done to him in a very positive way. But you take that all away and he'll be, he'll curse you. Then we know the account. Everything was taken away from in a, in a quick amount of time. And there was a long amount of time that transpired from like the second chapter to the second to last chapter. And God was there. And he was true and he was faithful. And the spiritual world could see a person that had solidified his relationship with Almighty God could stand true and fast with everything missing, including health, including friends and family that told him opposite. He could stand there. He could sit there and know that his God was still the only true God. And that's how it has to be in our lives too. So when things happen in our life, it could be for those four reasons. It could be a combination of those. It could be because of all of those or just one of those reasons. Because he wants to grow us or because it's because we're going through it because other people are observing us and they want to see if we crack. Or do we give God the glory? Or is it just because God wants the gospel message to be once again confirmed in another person's life? Or to be spread to another people group that hasn't heard the gospel message yet? There were many miracles, and I believe back in the time when the scriptures were, were penned, the scripture says those miracles were there to confirm the words. Remember, the early church didn't have the Bible. They didn't have any of Paul's writings till almost 30 years after he passed, he was killed. He hung on a cross. 30 years almost before the first letters from the Apostle Paul came out. The Gospels weren't, ready, weren't uh, written until about almost 40 years after Christ had died. And the last of the books were not written until almost 100 A.D., 70 years after Christ had died. So they needed to have these confirmations of what the apostles were speaking about, what men and God, men and women were speaking about could be confirmed with miracles that these things are true, and God was behind them. And just as Christ had done these miracles, so could his disciples, and as Christ said, even greater. So these are some of the reasons why things happen in our life, and can happen, and will happen in our life. Think about Joseph. His brothers meant it for evil. God meant it for good. A young man that went on a roller coaster ride, spiritually, emotionally, physically. The choicest of sons into the pit of despair. 
into Potiphar's house that seemed to be a, a good spot to be, and then back into ch- prison. Second in command to spare the people of God. So God's promise could be fulfilled. One's man's willingness to be led of the Lord. So the promises of God could be fulfilled and would be fulfilled. That the gospel message could come to all of mankind. And God's ways could be proclaimed to the world and could be a testimony and an example of what it was like. These things happened to the Apostle Paul. He says, for the furtherance of the gospel. He was stoned and taken for dead, probably more than once. Shipwrecked, could have lost his life there too. Many different ways, but God took him through it. His days are numbered, but he knew the one or knows the one who's numbering the days. As Brother Bob mentioned in in Bible class, the Lord knows the day and the hour when our last breath is taken. The doctors and family members don't know that. So we live each day as if it was our last, and we live each day for the, the glory of the Lord. For we don't know the exact reason, but we know why we live, because we live for him. And why things happen, the question is, is for what purpose do these things happen? And how am I going to grow because of those things? And even the Apostle Paul, I mean, he thought, I could be so much better if some of these things just would be taken from me. 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. We're not exactly sure what was going on there, was what kind of ailment he had, but he said he asked the Lord three times. And he, and he said unto me, this is the Lord, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. See, the Apostle Paul thought he could be so much better of a servant if I had this ailment taken away from me. But you know what? God knows it's so much better. And let let us trust him to that degree that even though we think this might help us, it's better that we're weak and his strength can be seen in us. That whether we are going through these trials, these afflictions, these reproaches, these persecutions, these distresses, when Willie is weak, When you are weak, then the power of Almighty God can be seen in our lives.
apostles also met up with all different things in their lives. They preached the word. They did many healings. They were thrown in jail. They got up and they continued on their way. They didn't say, woe is me, I need to take a break now. This is definitely maybe not the right thing to do. Because of these hardships, it must be the wrong path. That's not the case. God didn't say that once you become my child, that the path will be easy, the path will be straight. No, he said the path will be steep. The way will be, will be tough. He says, but I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to live in your life. And it's a path that I've walked on before. So I know the way. And I know the world. And I know the, the prince of the darkness of this world. And I've overcome. And you can overcome. That's what he's telling us. And that's what he's reminding us. That for these purposes, these things happen in our lives. That we can be like some of the apostles. Early on in the, in the Acts, the fifth chapter, it says, and some of the apostles were, were beaten, and then they said, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer. This is after one of the high priests there, Gamaliel, was cautioning his, his other leaders in the Sanhedrin and the, Phari uh, and the Pharisees saying, you better be very careful. We don't want to be caught fighting against God. We need to remember, who side are we on? We represent, we are ambassadors for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have nothing to be ashamed about. The experiences we've made in life is because he wants us to have made those experiences. They've made us into a better person. They've made us to a useful vessel that allows us to spread the gospel better and more effectively. It might have been for the spiritual realm that is watching and would like to cause us to slip up. Or it might be a person that is our neighbor or our coworker or one of the students in one of the classes we attend that are observing us. They don't know right yet the questions to ask of what has made a difference in our life, but they notice there's a difference. And so, when they ask that question, we need to be able to be prepared to answer that question. And if we see that they're struggling to even 
formulate the question, why are you different? We should be able to lovingly tell them what has made the difference in our life and why there's purpose and meaning in our life. And the purpose and meaning in our life doesn't always have to look grand and beautiful and perfect at all times. But it's steadfast and sure and has a defined end that brings us to the heavenly shores. And that we have great confidence in that. And that confidence is because of who we have a relationship with. Almighty God, through his son Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross, who can wash away our sins by that atoning work. And then he's placed his Holy Spirit in our life that we can understand his word, we can understand the purposes that he's given us. He gives us the strength to do them. What more could we ask for? When we are weak, we are strong. It's hard to understand, but that's how God operates. That's why he said the world, these men have turned the world upside down. Because the logic of men is not the way God operates. The ways of God are so much different than our ways. When we, they said, when jo Joseph said to his brothers, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. See, he can do that. He's doing that. And he wants to continue to do that because he's trying to not to confound this world that hopefully through that confounding, they will question and say, there really must be a God. There really must be a creator. And it all points to him. And those that are skeptics would no longer have their head in the sand and ask the same old questions that don't bring any answers, but bring them farther from God and not closer to God. Because when we ask in a sincere way to God the purpose, he will give it. He will provide answers. He's not obligated to give that immediate answer, but he will provide an answer. And he will show the way. And he will make it clear. And it fits into probably one of those four different categories. Maybe there's another one. But the scriptures definitely portray those four different areas. of The purpose of why God allows things to happen. And they're all so very important. And oh, that we could grow by them. And we could live by them. And that the world could see Jesus living in each one of our lives. May God bless his word.